0: Of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. It is January 10th, 2017, fresh off a great national championship game where the Clemson Tigers knocked off the Alabama Crimson Tide in thrilling fashion. But Here on the Scout Team Podcast, today's episode will be all about the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, which will take place January 21st, 2017 at the StubHub Center in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Some of the great talent that you're going to see across the country will be playing in that ballgame, and we'll dive into that, into this episode. But as always, you can find this show and other podcasts archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan. Follow me on Twitter at F Ball Game Plan. And also follow our football game plan scouting account as well at FBGP Scouting. And you can also find all of our scouting reports either there or on our website at footballgameplan.com slash FBGP Scouting. And don't forget to check out our Facebook fan page and also follow me on Instagram. Both of those accounts are under Football Game Plan. And again, now that all of that is out of the way, we will have a an extensive breakdown of the NFL-PA game. I like this game because it takes place um, at the same time of the East-West Shrine game. I, I just wish that they would play this game maybe a week earlier um, so that way you get an opportunity to go to all three games because I would love to get out there out west to get to this NFL-PA game. But if I have to choose between going six hours west of Los Angeles or two hours, two and a half hours down south, on a flight to St. Petersburg, I'm going to choose St. Petersburg each and every time. But this is a great game put together by the NFL PA. Tony Sophele is an outstanding uh, scout that does a great job with this game. And, you know, there's a ton of talent, a lot of underrated talent in this game. You're going to see more small school guys, more late rounds of undrafted free agent types in this ball game. But there are some guys that definitely have the Sunday talent that you look for, and we're going to break down both rosters, the American team and the national team in this ball game. And again, it's a week long of practices with a game culminating on the 21st on ESPN, I believe. And, and again, it's the same time as the, the East West shrine game, but they have put together some really good players uh, over the years. You look at a guy like Trayvon Boykin played in this game last year. You also look at um, JC Copeland, Terrell Watson, who scored a touchdown for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in week 17. So they've done a good job in acquiring talent, um, and I'm excited to see these guys get out there and compete. It's going to be at the hub Center on the campus of Cal State University, Dominguez Hills, uh, greatest Los Angeles area. The coaches in this game will be Mike Martz and Jim Zorn. So, again, great opportunity, great venue, great game. And we're just going to dive right into it. And we're going to start with the national team. And everybody wants to start with the quarterbacks. And, and there's two intriguing quarterbacks in this game uh, one guy came in with a ton of hype this season, and rightfully so. He had an outstanding junior campaign, and that's Brady Gustafson of Montana. He's six seven, about two thirty five, and to me, he's the FCS version of Davis Webb. A guy that has a rocket arm can definitely shrink the field with his arm strength, uh, but you want to see his placement become a little bit more consistent as he moves forward. He threw a lot of bad balls uh, in in uh this season for the Grizzlies um and he has a bit of an injury history, not to where you have to not a a uh, uh, severe injury history, but one of those nagging injury type history. So you want to see him come out here and perform well and be more consistent with this placement because he has a ton of that quote unquote arm talent that you look for at the position and did a great job for the Miami. I'm sorry, the Miami, the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, and when you talk about a guy playing in adverse con- conditions, Um, you're going to play in all types of adverse conditions out there in Missoula, and they have a great program, great fan base, and Gustafson is definitely worthy of being in his ballgame. Also, Greg Ward Jr. of Houston, another quarterback of intrigue on this roster. Some may look at him as a wide receiver. He has stated that he will probably end up moving to wide receiver, but I would like to see him progress as a quarterback and see where he is. You want to let these guys that that have the ability and capability of playing multiple positions – let them fail at their main position first before you quickly move them to another position. And Greg Ward Jr., again, if you're not playing the quarterback position uh, well, your team won't be winning a lot of games. And if he wasn't competent to play quarterback, Houston would be straight trash. So he has some ability to play quarterback. I don't care if he's 5'10", 185. Some may say he's like Antoine Randall, and that's not a bad comparison. Randall was a pretty good collegiate quarterback, and made the move instantly to wide receiver. Ward may suffer the same fate or may choose the same fate, uh, fate as uh, Antoine Randall-L. But I do want to see how he's going to throw the football in this ball game, Playing the receiver position, I don't think this is the venue for that. He can work on that if he doesn't do well all week in this game. Um, he can work on playing receiver throughout the rest of this process, whether he's going to the combine uh, in his pro day workouts or leading up to the pro day workouts. He can work on the finer – nuances of that receiver position there but right here in this game this week i want to see how well he progresses as a quarterback and moving on to the running backs on the national squad there's one guy that really stands out to me um uh, that has a lot of intrigue And, and that's one that you don't hear talked about a lot and that's leonard tillery of southern university the hbcu product coming out of a great jaguars program and i know he's well coached because my former college teammate elvis joseph is the running back's coach and has been the running back's coach his entire career, uh, Tillery's career. Uh, He's been there for six seasons at Southern uh, in Baton Rouge. And and Tillery, he's always talked about how great of a worker Tillery is. He came into the program as a walk-on and was able to turn himself into a starter and not just any run-of-the-mill starter. Tillery broke the SWAC all-time leading rushing record, uh, career rushing record. And this is a conference that, is home to Walter Payton, you know, some great talent coming out of the swack. Grambling has had a history of great tailbacks, so has Prairie View. But to be the all-time leader in conference history in that particular conference says a lot. And he's about 5'9", maybe 200 pounds, maybe 195, somewhere around that area. But he does have great return ability. He's a tough inside runner despite being that quote-unquote undersized type guy, but I think a lot of people will be impressed with what Tillery brings to the table, and I'm excited to see him compete out there against higher level of competition. And again, he was an integral part to what Southern did this year. One of the big reasons why they had a tremendous season in the SWAC and in the FCS as a whole. Now, moving on to the receiver position, um, there's a couple of, there's a lot of great talent here. I'm looking at the roster, and I'm just like, wow, you know, I want that guy, I want that guy. Um, But Chad Williams, another SWAC performer of grambling state you remember the other show we did the other episode we talked about his his teammate verlin hunter who's playing in the hbcu spirit of america bowl has tremendous hands now williams was the headliner all season long he was the ex-receiver in grambling spread offense and he was the go-to guy and what i like about his game is that you rarely see him lose a contested catch situation when grambling needed a big play or a touchdown They literally threw the ball up toward Williams, and he ended up nine times out, nine and a half times out of ten. He came down with the reception, so he does have tremendous hands, strong hands. Um, I don't think he's the explosive guy. He's faster and more explosive than uh, Verlin Hunter, Uh, but I want to see him from a route-running perspective, what he can do. You saw a lot of short routes at at the celebration Bowl, but you also saw those contested catching situations where they went to him when they needed a big play, he came down with the football. So I like Chad Williams. I think this is a great get for the NFL-PA game, and I'm excited to see him work with Mike Martz uh, this week in, in practice. And Jameer Tillman out of Navy. Um, again, I like to see these armed forces prospects uh, come out and, and play well because a lot of people underrate the talent that these guys have on their roster. And you see guys, the reason why they come out looking very polished as prospects, like, Uh, Jameer Tillman has, and like we're going to talk about in another episode when we break down the East-West Shrine game with Teron Davenport, we're going to talk about uh, Army's linebacker and Andrew King. And why these guys look so polished coming out um, is that they're there four years. Sometimes they may be there even five years. And so you're getting a lot of reps, and they're unique because they have to practice a lot of guys because of the the war of attrition, not to use a a military pun, but um, their rosters are bigger than your normal uh, collegiate football team roster so they have a ton of guys that get a ton of reps um so he's played a lot of football and i like his game because he's a, a very good route runner and you say route runner coming from an option program but when he has those opportunities he's able to cash in on them he had a big game versus army he looked well in the bowl game this year um in addition to what he has done throughout the course of his career. So I think Jameer Tillman at 6'4", 215, he plays a lot like uh, Brandon London, who played for the New York Giants, came out of UMass, played in the CFL as well, and now is with Giants.com. He's a big receiver that is a little bit lanky, but knows how to use his size to shield off uh, defenders. So I'm excited to see how he competes out there this week, as well as Kendrick Bourne of Eastern Washington. And when you're talking about Eastern Washington wide receivers, you're probably going to talk about, and rightfully so, Cooper Cup. But on the opposite side, Bourne was eating very well his entire career for the Eagles. And and again, this is an opportunity for him to showcase that he wasn't the product of off coverage because of Cooper Cup, he had to go out there and win those one-on-one battles, and he put up the numbers. He was consistent, and he's very productive, and he's going to have a good week of practice. I predict uh, in the NFLPA game along the offensive line. Speaking of the championship game, let's take a look at a guy that's there uh, on this roster and and um, who really needs a big week this week, uh going out there uh, well, next week, going out there to Los Angeles, and that's Jay Galermo of in the center. I thought. He To put it nicely, he didn't have his best game against Alabama from a strength perspective. Now, in pass pro, he started to play well as the game wore on. But early on, Alabama was driving him in the backfield. They were beating him with power. So you want to see him add more bulk to his game. I know that's tough to do now with the week going into the – well, not for some guys. Some guys can cheat the system and add bulk quickly. But you know what I mean. You you want to see him build up his frame – Uh, as he gets ready to either go to the Combine or for his pro day because he's going to need that that extra girth to anchor and redirect, something he had issues with last night versus Alabama. And two small college prospects I want you guys to keep an eye on, Javarius Lehman of South Carolina State. And this is a program that has routinely put out top line of scrimmage talent. And we're talking about last year's third-round draft pick, Javon Hargrave. And when you're practicing against a guy like, Hargrave constantly you're going to be better as a result and Lehman is no slouch he was a Clemson transfer down to South Carolina State that gets great coaching from Buddy Pugh um he he's a guy that, that develops talent very well so I'm not surprised to see Lehman here on this list he's going to have a great linebacker next year in Darius Leonard so put him on your pre-2018 watch list as a guy to keep an eye on he's an athletic linebacker more of a strong safety but playing down in the box um and listed as a linebacker but he's a very good football player. And Jerry Uguacque, Um, I hope I pronounce his last name properly, and, and which is sad to say as a color commentator, I need to pronounce these names properly all the time. Uh, but let's say Jerry Uguakwe of William & Mary. And here's another program that's a great developer of talent. And when you look at their offensive line, that's where they hang their hats. They're a run team. They operate off play action. Their defensive line is usually good as a result. Again, iron sharpens iron. And he was an all-American and all-conference performer, all-colonial athletic association performer. And if you're all-conference in that conference, in the FCS, which is similar to, let's say, the ACC of the FCS, I, I don't want to say SEC because I think the line is a little bit more blurred uh, when you're talking about SEC, but they play a solid football that translates because you have to be strong in the trenches. You have to be solid up front on both sides if you want to win consistently. So those are the offensive linemen. I want you guys to keep an eye on uh, this week uh, at the NFLPA game. Moving on to the defensive side of football, going to the FCS once again, and again, this is along the lines of some great talent that they have on these on these rosters. You look at uh, Jonathan Kelvin of Mississippi State, uh, very good player. Eli Anku of UCLA is not a very good player, so but. The small college guys I tend to take a particular interest to because you want to see how they are able to handle the step up in competition. And so when you look at a defensive line like Samson Ebucom, he's probably an outside linebacker, weak side defensive end, three whatever you want to call it, edge, three four, you know, a space linebacker, whatever you guys want to call it nowadays, but he's a guy that you can see playing an outside backer role in a three four defense, but you want to see what he can do um, from an athletic standpoint. Can he drop back in coverage? Can he make plays in space and not look awkward? Is he just a, a situational pass rusher? So he's going to be able to answer a lot of questions uh, this week out there in practice. And Roderick Henderson of Alabama State, again, we talk a lot about HBCU football, and there's been a lot of talk about HBCU football not being what it was. And that's true because a lot of more guys, are they have more options to go to other schools. But let's not undersell the development of talent that has happened in the HBCU ranks, and we're talking about the MIAC, SWAC, C-I-A-A, and SIAC conferences and some NAIA schools as well. But you're talking about these programs developing talent, and Roderick Henderson on the interior is quick, active, and has great eyes. And when we talk about great eyes, finding the football and then making the play at or behind the line of scrimmage. And he's done a good job uh, throughout the course of his Alabama State career. And once again, You talk about a guy that is a great developer of talent. Um, You look at Brian Jenkins, the coach for Alabama State. This is his second season. He's going into his third. But he was a great developer of talent at uh, Bethune-Cookman, was a great developer of talent. Obviously, there's a personal tie here at University of Louisiana. He was the running back's coach when I was there. Um, And to see his mindset take over the team that he has become head coaches for in Alabama State, Bethune-Cookman, Henderson plays with that type of mentality and he has the skill set to back it up. So he's going to wow a lot of scouts this week during the practices and Colin Bevins of Northwest Missouri state, Northwest Missouri state is the Alabama of division two. They are constantly in the final four of the playoffs, constantly in the championship game and they do it the Alabama way. They will beat you up on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And this year's, uh, defensive star is Colin Bevins of the Bearcats program. And you talk about a guy that literally manhandles defensive linemen, offensive lineman, and he can play outside as a as a traditional 4-3 in. You can kick him inside as a 5-tech or a 4 eye, or even in a 4-3 defense down inside as a 3 or 1-tech. So I like his versatility. I'm going to be excited to see what he does this week from a um, active standpoint. Let's say from a competition standpoint, how well can he he made things work for him uh, with the step-up in competition that he's going to be around. Because remember, he's jumping up not only from Division II to FCS, but Division II to FBS. And we've seen guys do this before and have success. And he's a tremendous player, and I'm excited to see him get out there and compete. Linebackers, um, a lot of good talent here as well, too, man. Like, UNLV is well represented. Uh, Tory Matier is a really good um, linebacker for UNLV. But for Lauren Orimilade of Dartmouth, And he's 5'11", maybe 6 feet tall, about 240. And he can rush the passer from the inside or from the outside. But I think if you're projecting him as a pro, I think he'll have a home as an inside backer in a 3-4 defense. I think he is active enough to take on or strong enough at the point to take on guards or interior offensive linemen. He has that aggressiveness to blitz. When you see a lot of guys that want to blitz but don't necessarily want to get there, He blitzes with a purpose, and he's a very good player coming off the edge as well. And he was a sack leader for Dartmouth. He was the inspirational leader, you like to say. He was their team leader on defense, the Ivy League defensive player of the year. So um, there's a lot of talent, and a lot of people will be surprised. He was one of the early commits for this game, and I think a lot of people will be introduced to what he does. When I was at Dartmouth last year scouting Dalen Williams, who, by the way, should be on an NFL roster's tremendous quarterback Florent Oremolade kept shining on defense, and this was the game versus Cornell. So you can go back and watch that game, but he was constantly involved in the play, and I thought he played a great game um, for the Big Green. In the secondary, there's one guy of note uh, for me that I want you to keep an eye on that you may not be familiar with, and that's Jamal Agnew of San Diego. Now, he played opposite of a really good corner uh, in in San Diego as well. Uh, Not his name. Forget I want to say Adams is his last name, but it just slips my mind. But San Diego, the Pioneer Football League squad, well represented, will be represented next year. Uh, They have a really good tight end in Ross Dweller you should keep an eye on. Uh, Junior tight end move guy as well. There's a good running back in Jonah Hodges. I believe he's playing in the Dream Bowl, I believe. Um, So there's some talent out there in San Diego. You know, this is a school that produced Josh Johnson, a quarterback who had an impressive and eye-popping, 43 touchdowns to only one interception uh, in his senior season under Jim Harbaugh. So Agnew is a good corner. He's probably saw he saw a lot of action because of teams trying to throw away from the, his his teammate. But um, he's definitely worthy of being in this game. And you want to see, again, how do guys compete when they're not on – when they don't have that help on the other side. When you have a guy that's locked up on a number one receiver – you're going to see the number two receiver, and can you handle now being uh, the guy in handling these one-on-one options that you're going to see all throughout this week at practice? So I'm intrigued to see how he does in this ball game. I also want to see Devin Chapel of Oregon State perform as well. I like his game, and I think Oregon State is one of those underrated programs that just produces quality type, uh, type talent. Um, special teams: two kickers, FCS guys, Miles. Bergner is a tremendous kicker. He also does a lot of damage punting the football, but he won't have to punt in this game because Chris, uh, Chris Frazier, football game plan preseason All American uh, out of Cornell, this is a guy that gets tremendous hang time on his punts. And he was an outstanding player last year for Cornell. Followed it up with a great senior season, and it's no surprise he's in this bowl game. So those two kickers you definitely want to keep an eye on. We'll come back after this quick break and take a look at the American roster in the NFL-PA game uh, this week uh, in Los Angeles. Moving on to the American team coached by Jim Zorn, who coached in the East-West Shrine game last year, starting with their quarterbacks. Uh, two guys of entry. One that's not really getting talked about a lot, in my opinion, is Ryan Higgins of Louisiana Tech. I know people tend to team scout and figure that, uh, okay, the last Louisiana Tech quarterback didn't do well, so this Louisiana Tech quarterback won't do well. But you can't do that because everyone is individually based. You know, if that was the case, why, has people stopped, why have people stopped – uh drafting Oklahoma State running backs number one overall when the last great one was Barry Sanders. You know what I'm saying? So you can't look at it like that. You have to scout the individual. I, you guys probably know that already. But looking at Ryan Higgins, I think he's a tremendous quarterback, man. I like the way he goes out there. And again, it's not necessarily about how it looks. It's about the end result. And his end result is good at every level. I think he's a solid quarterback, a capable quarterback, a guy that can go in there and you can trust as a spot starter or a solid starter. So keep an eye on him moving forward throughout the course of this draft process. He's probably going to be an undrafted free agent or drafted late, but I like his ability. I also think that when you look at Mitch Leitner of Minnesota, now this is the part I don't like because coming into the season, these same outlets that people trust religiously try to tell us, that Mitch Leitner was a first-round pick. At no point in time of his playing career at Minnesota did you ever get the feeling that he was a first-round quarterback. Now, with that said, you do like some of his traits, his arm, his running ability, but it's not consistent enough as far as his arm throwing is concerned. is isn't consistent enough to say that this guy – should be a starter at the next level he's a spot starter he can probably go in there and help you out within a two to three game stretch uh but he can do a lot for his own uh reputation and his own film by performing well this week and showing some level of consistency within this game the running back position is a little bit unique i like d'angelo henderson of coastal Carolina. i think a lot of people have talked about him all season long but and On Gibson of New Mexico is a good running back as well with a lot of speed but there are two backs here in particular I like Anthony Wells of Western Kentucky he may not be the fastest he may not be the biggest he may not be the strongest but this is a guy that just is very productive he always makes the first guy miss he was highly productive in a predominantly passing offense but did show that that level of balance in their offensive attack so Wells got a lot of carries and did very well well with it and if you just saw his bowl game you'd be impressed but if you go back and look at his entire career you'll still be impressed with what he put out there um and again he's not the biggest guy he's not the fastest guy but he's the most productive i think he has a long nfl career because you can't you can't undersell production at the next level and i think wells has that the next guy is to rick cohen of North Carolina AT. I think the country got introduced to Cohen last year in the 2015 celebration Bowl and they just watched him throughout the course of the season this is a guy that nearly topped 2,000 yards this year should have topped 2,000 yards um, but also ripped off consecutive 220 plus yard games at the collegiate level you liken his game to Darren Sproles. he's about five six 195, don't look at his height because he can make you miss. He ran inside. You talk about a power-running football team. That's what you're talking about when you're talking about North Carolina A&T, best offensive line in the MEAC, best defensive line in the MEAC. So he was going up against top-quality competition in practice. And Cohen, again, has the explosive speed that you need to – uh, shine at an all-star game and also wow NFL scouts and his speed and explosiveness and production definitely translates and this is going to be a guy that we're going to talk about later on in the 2017 regular season is how did this guy fall so far or how did he go undrafted with all that positive tape he put on film uh, for the Aggies at wide receiver Um, what I like about this receiving core is that it's a bunch of guys that may be number twos and number threes or even number fours at the next level, but I'm a big fan of Noel Thomas of UConn. I think he is vastly underrated and underutilized as a wide receiver. You could talk about him being as underutilized as O.J. Howard and um, O.J. Howard of Alabama at tight end. Thomas was played by subpar quarterback play at UConn, but every time the ball came his way, he rose to the occasion and made tough catches i'm a big fan of his game and he's going to be another one of these underrated receivers I, i liken his game to steve smith uh that played at usc and ended up playing for the new york giants he's just a productive sneaky good wide receiver and i like his talent lance lenore of western illinois was a deep threat for the leathernecks all season long and he has i would say he's probably your ideal third or fourth wide receiver he plays a lot like eli rogers of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think he's another one that's going to shine with his ability to take accelerate out of his break and make contested catches. Cause he made a lot of those at Western Illinois. He's a very good wide receiver, big fan of his game offensive line play. There's one guy in particular. I really like in Corey Levin of Tennessee Chattanooga. And again, you talk about a team where iron sharpens iron. There's two defensive linemen uh, that you want to keep an eye on for Chattanooga. Keonta Davis will be playing at the Senior Bowl, so his talent is evident. And you also look on the opposite side. Uh, oh, I forgot the kid's name now because I'm thinking of Corey Levin. I'm thinking of uh, Leslie, the linebacker. But there's an another defensive end. I can't remember his name offhand. Um, Four tennessee chattanooga so iron sharp is iron and levin was an all-conference performer a preseason football game plan all-american as well he's a guy that plays guard he can play center and also play tackle uh for tennessee chattanooga and you know pro scouts love to see guys that have that versatility and position flexibility so keep an eye on him in this ball game and moving on to the defensive side of the football two defensive linemen or three defensive linemen i want to highlight uh patrick o'connor we saw him do a great job in the Bahamas Bowl for Eastern Michigan. He was one of their cornerstone players for that program that helped uh, jumpstart their season this year and get these guys back to a bowl game for the first time since 1995. Um, And Patrick O'Connor is a guy that uh, can play with his hand in the dirt or up off the ground, so I like his versatility. Cornelius Henderson of Jackson State, iron sharpens iron. His center, uh, Marcus Cook, is playing in the HBCU Spirit of America Bowl, Henderson was a disruptive force all throughout the course of his career at Jackson State. They were well coached along the defensive line. Javancy Jones is another guy that you want to keep an eye on um, at Jackson State. I don't know what bowl game he's playing in, but he was an edge rusher. He's probably going to be an outside linebacker because he's 6'2", 235, was playing defensive end uh, one year. The previous year he played outside linebacker. But it's easier to get sacks. And not saying that Javancy Jones is not a tremendous talent because he is but it's easier to get those one-on-one opportunities when you're doing a lot of damage on the interior, and that's why Cornelius Henderson has a big-time future. Darius Hamilton out of Rutgers is an undersized defensive tackle, but very productive, and I think this was a guy um, that kind of got lost in the shuffle. Rutgers, you saw him have, I was at the game when he was a sophomore versus Tulane. He was constantly in the backfield versus the Green Wave, and then you slowly start to see Rutgers start to really fall down as a program, but Hamilton was one that I thought played well. He, he kind of figured, like, oh, he's a he's a DN. But you look at him, he's like, man, they're playing him at defensive tackle. So he's playing inside, which shows he can do that. Uh, played in the big conference. Played in the, in the um, what was it? I guess they were in the AAC prior to moving to uh, the Big Ten. So he's played top-level competition, and he's performed well. So I think this is an underrated player. Um, interested to see him, him play either – where they're going to put him, whether they're going to put him at D tackle or leave him at defensive end, the linebacker position. Dylan Cole, football game plan, preseason All American of out of Missouri State. He's better, I believe, in coverage as opposed to running downhill, making tackles. So that's where he's going to have to showcase his ability this week, as far as taking all blockers, taking all guards, finding the running back at or behind the line of scrimmage, and moving on to the secondary. Finally, um, Lorenzo Jerome. There's a lot of talk about Lorenzo Jerome, and rightfully so because. He's a really good defensive back. He also is an outstanding returner, both kickoff and punt returner, and he has tremendous ball skills. So when he gets his hands on the football, he knows what to do with it. He's bringing it back for a touchdown. And I think where his game is going to be determined is whether or not he can play on the outside or whether or not he's an in a, a inside slot corner or a safety. I think he's probably better suited as a safety that can also cover wide receivers, not necessarily a an every-down cornerback, so to speak. Um, I think his subtle, his, his uh, transition needs a lot of work. Uh, he's quick enough to where you, obviously he's returning punts. He has speed. Cause obviously he's returning kicks. But I think when you combine both and ask that on a consistent basis from the cornerback position, that's where I want to see him improve. But I, I would totally gamble on his talent to find the football and make plays on the football and make plays with the football in his hand. So those are some of the guys I want you to keep an eye on this week as well as the others uh, in this game because, you, again, there's, those are some of the guys that just stood out to me initially, but I want you to check out this game in, in general because there's a ton of talent that I didn't mention uh, because we want to keep this thing short, but there's a lot of guys uh, that have outstanding football careers ahead of them, whether that's here in the States, overseas, or up in Canada. So. Check out the NFLPA game this weekend on ESPN. Oh, I'm sorry, on Fox Sports 1. I said earlier it was going to be on ESPN, but it's on Fox Sports 1 at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you want to see the whole rosters? Go to the website collegiate.nflpa.com. So that's a wrap for this episode of Scout Team. I'm Emory Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Again, follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Follow our football game plan scouting account at Scouting. And don't forget, this show and other podcasts are archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast.